Hi guys, I'm your host Tim McLean. Welcome to the latest edition of We Need to Talk About Movies, a podcast brought to you by the Bantaflix Movie Review website. Now, this point where I usually say we're recording here at Odeon Belfast, but due to the ongoing problems created by the COVID-19 outbreak across the globe, we're doing things slightly differently. We're going to be podding over Skype. We haven't done this for a while. And since we're kicking it off, we have the hierarchy of the Banterflix crew. So we are all in self-quarantine. I'm joined in this pod by two of our deputy editors, Joe McElroy. Good afternoon, Jim. And Therese Ray. Hello, everybody. Guys, so how are you finding kind of life so far under COVID-19? I feel a bit bad because it's kind of it's kind of thrown schedule and everything out the kind of window. I mean, we had a TV show that very quickly went defunct in the space of a couple of days with the postponement of the Belfast Film Festival. So by the time this is actually released, God knows where the world's going to be. But Therese, I'll start with you. How are you finding it so far? I would say I'm a genuinely quite anxious person um, in, in normal circumstances. And, you know, I'm absolutely thriving in all this panic. Um, literally just having sleepless nights. And I don't think my hands are raw red. My skin where my nails is horrible because i'm constantly washing my hands therese what are you singing um, to what are you singing to yourself therese as you wash your hands so the happy birthday thing we had this discussion in work that like initially when it came in who were you singing happy birthday to so then we were first of all saying you know sing it to yourself and then we were like oh well we should maybe find out which celebrity's birthday it is on that day um, but finally, then whenever I find out you could create your own wash wash to your lyrics page, one of my favorite songs is September by Earth Wind and Fire. Um, so yeah, I've just been singing that, humming away, Ba-da-da. just getting into the the cleanliness, and yeah. it's it's catching on. It actually makes me quite happy doing it too. That's okay. That's okay as long as it's keeping you safe. What about you, Joe? What are you singing as you? Wash your hands, or are you just being a smelly bastard and not washing your hands whatsoever? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm just being a complete skip rat. No more, <laughs> no, no change. <laughs> I'm only joking. No, um, yeah, like Trez, uh, you know, there was like a load of uh, you know suggestions as to what you should like sing while you wash your hands, and uh, I've been sticking with the course to Africa by Toto. <laughs> it's perfect. It's twenty seconds long. That's perfect. You know, these are these are the things that our listeners need to hear, right? You know, some of them by now might be self-isolating, particularly if there's any over 70 listeners. I think the advice coming out from today is that in the next few days, the government are going to announce that they're going to say, if you're over 70, stay the fuck at home, which, you know, I, I'm not 70, but I'm going to take that advice pretty soon. But it's, it's kind of, it is kind of mental in the fact that it is... I cannot remember the last time that something so quickly became part of the day-to-day life and the fact that you cannot turn on any news station other than maybe Radio Ulster when Hugo Duncan's on. That's about it when you're not going to get, you know, COVID-19 updates. But it's just kind of, 
it is so ever present, you know, on your Facebook, Twitter, when you go to the shop. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I went to Tesco on Friday morning to get stuff, not to panic buy, genuinely not to panic buy, listeners. And it was as if, you know, doomsday was upon us. Although I did love there was one guy who was in the queue in front of me, and he is my hero. And he and people like him are going to be the ones that are going to survive this. And they're going to be stronger than any of us. Because he was in the till, at the till in front of me. And all he had was two, like, 12 packs of toilet roll. Because, Jesus Christ, we, we all need toilet roll. He had a bowler. <laughs> yeah. We then had two double packs, I don't know how many was in it, of Monster Punch and a bottle of Jack Daniels. Key he essentials. Like, he was like, I'm, I'm preparing, mate. I'm getting it in for the essentials. And you're like, yeah, you are just right. Have any, I mean, have any of you kind of done the dreaded kind of, Jesus, you know, what what we'll do? We don't have enough chocolate or we don't have enough shite in the house. We need to go get more. It, 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 I mean, I have to say it is mental. I'm in Lisburn. The Tesco here is now, anytime you go in, a lot of the shelves are bare. And then you go to like the smaller shops, like the spa, and that's where seeing people, mm-hmm. people are going to Tesco realizing it's not there and then kind of going off to spar and going off to kind of Eurospar, whatever other retailers are mace other retailers are available and that's where they're going oh i've got a cupboard i have a brilliant idea of how to approach this right see uh i'm on the ormore road here right. so anyone within this area right nobody's going to go to this particular place yet it is a gold mine for the likes of pasta and rice right right the Chinese supermarket around the embankment. Because mm-hmm. yeah. everyone is, you know, panicking, thinking, oh, yeah, something like the China, automatically it has the disease and all sorts of nonsense like that. But if you go over there, you can literally get a bag of rice the size of a cement bag. So you're covered for months, like, for rice. So how many bags have you bought, Joe? 16. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly... You could like, build a wall with that. Exactly. You know, so for... This strain of like you know uh, uh, coronavirus, if it you know gears us towards like a zombie apocalypse, at least I can board up the doors with it. Yeah, totally. but, but Joe, you know if you're going to board up the doors with it and you're going to eat it, you you know your house is going to smell if all you're going to eat is just rice. God help you know yeah. anyone locked in there with you. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. I mean, we, my lovely wife and I, we kind of we haven't been, we didn't panic by, but we went out. We actually weirdly on Friday past, my lovely wife was like, when I was telling her I'd been in to Tesco that morning, she's like, let's go down. Let's go down and just look. Let's just see. We don't need anything. She's like, there's nothing we really need to panic by for. We've got loads of stuff in there. We've, you know, there hasn't been a run yet on gluten-free pasta. Although we went another day, we went in yesterday, and a lot of the gluten-free stuff is now gone. So clearly people are just going, fuck it, we'll give up the gluten for this. And it was, it was weird, but we kind of said, well, we'll get some stuff in. We'll get some like nice things. And we got some chocolate in. And if we have to go under lockdown and rations, we're fucked. Because we've had that chocolate already. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's gone. You know, so we're going to have to get the hazmat suits out and just kind of, venture out a little bit more just to get more chocolate but at least at least though if all else fails we'll be able to survive and live on you know easter eggs there's loads of them oh yeah absolutely again just bulk buy them easter eggs because like nope everyone's just buying pasta and toilet roll so it's just perfect you know nobody's thinking of the chocolate yeah sweet precious chocolate 
do you, do you think Jesus I, Jesus even kind of thinking, sitting, kind of going like, you know what, maybe I need to postpone this. Maybe I need to postpone Easter for a couple of months. I was reading there, like, the Pope's cancelling all the Easter Masses, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're heading that way. Yeah. What about you, Therese? I haven't been into the... Like I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this that I, ha- like I haven't. She made has, Joe. She has, Joe. She has. Oh, she, she, she Teresa clearly been in. She has been. She is the first one there with about four shopping baskets, shopping trolleys. Sorry, I just, just, she's got a wee figure as she walks around, going, just have to think of the old Therese family. Come on, Ren, let's go. Come on. No, I honestly, she's with the I, macro. <laughs> I have no. Well, I was advising people actually with a macro, but the fear, yeah. like. I'm so panicked about it that I actually can't bring myself to go to Tesco's. I just, no, like, don't it's dress. freaking me out. No, I like, don't. It's actually freaking me out. So we have like spar. I live in the Cape Hill Road, so I went there yesterday just to get stuff for the dinner. Let us in. Let us into the Therese family household. What'd you get? Um. Well, it was just for me. So my mum, well, like my mum and daddy went to a wedding yesterday in Carningford, and it was completely illegal. Like they shouldn't have went because <laughs> it was over a hundred people. So you just so, touted your your family, Therese, on on air yeah. here at the Butterflex podcast, yeah? Yeah, totally. Because they shouldn't have went anyway. But that's beside the point. I give them the whole rundown. My daddy ended up bringing like, do you know, industrial sized hand sanitizers. You know, like the big red ones that you would get in hospitals. Well, we had oh, loads yeah. of those in the house previously, and he just brought it down and sat it on like on their dinner table, and just every five minutes was cleaning the hands. Um. But yes, oh, so I just had, I got, you can get these chicken goujons and they have either like a pepper flavouring or like southern fried. So they kind of taste like, you know the chicken you get in a wee bonus banquet meal from KFC? Mm-hmm. So I got that. And then I had the uh, southern fried gravy that you can get in B&M Bargains from Mayflower. And just kind of made me own KFC. There you go, boom. Um, yeah. Last you- night. And it was just lovely, yeah. You're going to survive, Therese. Although I did laugh today because my lovely wife before we started this pod was like you wouldn't go I don't know why I'm doing this voice for her but she's like you wouldn't go get us a wee scone I really want a scone and you're like alright okay Amber <laughs> what's happened to Amber I don't know <laughs> she's, she's just got no voice she's like can you get me a wee scone love and like so I went and got a scone uh, this, I had to go to two shops to get a pack of scones and when I was there, there was a couple beside me, and they were older than me. And they were like, "We we'll have to go up to to your granny's. We've got to go get some food. Uh, get her a few more pot noodles. That'll do her." Like, all right, okay, your granny's gonna live in pot noodles. And I think if I brought a pot noodle back to my parents, they would give me. They'd just kick me out of the house. But anyway, we are getting off topic. We'll just generally talk about some of our favorite viral outbreak movies. How to survive quarantine. Any top tips? we can learn from these movies. And I know you've each kind of got a long list. I have a list as well of a few. Uh, if our lists kind of cross and if our kind of lists are the same, you know, albeit. But, Therese, I'll kind of start with you. What When I said to you, Therese, Firelight Break movies, quarantine, like what was one of the first movies that came to mind? I mean, I would say this film is probably going to be on every single one of our lists. Bubble Boy? Um, uh, no. <sighs> Sorry. Um, but Contagion. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I don't know why I did this to myself, but I actually watched it again this morning. Oh, Therese, don't do that. <laughs> no. But partly because we were obviously recording this. And then secondly, I think I might just 
like being so anxiety ridden um that you know watching something like that will probably just feed into my nightmares for the next couple of days Mm -hmm. but um it's so weirdly specific it's just scurry with everything going on and you know you're seeing these posts on facebook like you know the simpsons predict everything contagion predict everything all this carry on but you know the film as we know was kind of written and created off the back of the SARS epidemic and things mm-hmm. like that. So, and we know that SARS is a coronavirus and um, this new strain COVID-19 is, is just a newer, say, well, a newer, more deadlier version because it's so much more contagious. Just even, even some of the scenes in it, um, I forgot, you know, aside from the whole outbreak thing, like I forgot how gruesome, the bit is whenever they're doing the autopsy on Gwyneth Paltrow hmm. and they just down. oh like I forgot that happened and it, they just flip it down like you're folding over a big jumper do you know what I mean and it just goes yeah. flop over the forehead and it's like see all, all her self help stuff didn't work at all it was all a oh. load of shite we mm. all knew it none of those if eggs it... for your vagina you don't need them you're, you're all fucked so if I mean self-help shit don't do it also don't have an affair because you're going to end up and get coronavirus and die so karma I mean, karma yeah do you know Con- contagion are you a fan oh i yeah i absolutely love it uh i was meaning to watch it before this again but unlike trez i was a bit too scared to venture <laughs> down there because no because it is so realistic and it's approaching and just from memory the different scenes and how oh there's parallels with this that and the other yeah so instead, I opted for a more comedic version uh, with Outbreak. Well, can I can I say at this point, you know, due to, you know, the top people at Bandaflix here, Bandra HQ, if you're going to talk about Outbreak, and if you want to talk about Outbreak, Therese, and if I'm going to talk about Outbreak, there's a certain actor in it that we will just refer to the role played by Christopher <laughs> Plummer. We're not going to mention that actor. So in any scenes, if anyone's confused, go and look on IMDb to see what we're talking about. But when we refer to Christopher Plummer, we're not actually referring to Christopher Plummer because he has been, you know, swapped in by our top people. Uh, I did rewatch Outbreak for this. I didn't rewatch Contagion just because, kind of like Joe, I didn't want to freak myself out too much. And I think more importantly, I don't want to freak my lovely wife out because I think she is starting to get worried. Not so much about the actual kind of catching it, but I think like a lot of people, and I'm sure you guys are both the same, it's kind of the financial side of it. What's going to happen if, you know, we do go down into a lockdown kind of phase, kind of situation, kind of income, mortgages, rents, mm-hmm. car payments, everything. That's what she's. And I just didn't want to kind of add any kind of kind of anxiety to her. So the last couple of nights we've started just watching kind of old comedies, which actually I think has been worse because she's hated them. Because last night <laughs> we last night we watched uh, Roxanne with Steve Martin and she didn't like it at all. And uh, what was it we watched? Oh, we watched The House Wins or The House, the one with Will Ferrell. And yeah, it was pretty terrible. I oh, didn't God, pick that's shocking. I didn't pick I didn't that one. Bother. I didn't pick that one. But anyway, um, I know I should say at this point, I know our very own Geek Queen slash Science Queen, Jess Blair, is in the plans of recording an episode of the podcast specifically about Contagion. 
because she comes from that kind of science background the kind of areas it discusses is areas of interest for her and she's trying to get some people together uh hopefully that'll be out a couple of days or maybe a week or so after this pod if we're if we're still alive who knows if you know the aliens have finally landed because i think i was going to send this to my wife kind of going that's the only thing now i'm just waiting for for 2020 just the aliens to come down now and say right okay they're wicked let's do it um but that's me outbreak we did rewatch though and did you rewatch or have you seen outbreak therese i haven't no um i'm i've just googled their 20 virus outbreak movies and there's just a photo of of christopher Plummer, and i'm doing this with <laughs> our coats um and I, I don't actually recognize it to be honest but um is it a comedy then no oh, no, 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 no 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 it's oh, right. Do you know what it is? I rewatched it and it is it is pure Hollywood cheese. It's like kind of like if Contagion is a very kind of science backed and kind of very heavy on facts on how you would deal with a pandemic. Outbreak is it's I think there's truth there is truths to there's truths to Outbreak and there's things that aren't sensationalist, but at the same time it is over the top silly nonsense at times. Like it all does boil down to they need to find a monkey and the monkey's going to save, well, not so much the world, but this small town. But there's a lot of kind of government conspiracies in there and government's kind of hiding things up. And I rem- I remember watching this when I was younger and loving this film. And when you watch it again, you know, it's like the opening sequence. There's this, the first discovery of this virus and like the the American government decide, well, the thing to do is just kind of blow that little kind of area up so that that virus will be destroyed and i thought that when i watched it, it was like oh this is amazing special effects it is pure shite it is kind of over the top it's like just yeah. kind of as if they dropped a nuclear bomb but for all its cheesy cheesiness you do have dustin hoffman going full dustin hoffman we've morgan freeman with cuba gooden jr in there we have christopher Plummer in one of his early roles before he kind of Second. became re- yeah, he's looking really good for the, for his age. Yeah, and, really good. And you have, isn't it Rennie Russo as well? Yes, she's uh, Dustin Hoffman's estranged wife, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, the, the moral of that story is, you know, how that pandemic helped save Dustin Hoffman and Rennie Russo's relationship. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. It's a nice wee arc, isn't it? You know, just start with them, you know, the marriage falling apart and they're are sort of being separated from each other and then this horrible infectious disease just brings them together yeah but you know what i'd forgotten joe i'd forgot that now it's just because my lovely wife has been watching gray's anatomy recently and i had forgotten that dr mcdreamy is in it patrick dempsey's in it and a really again right. another really early role as the guy who kind of fucks about with the monkey uh, no, well, not literally, listeners. You that know, sounds listen, dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> listeners, not not literally, but he. We have a monkey that is both immune and a carrier for the the virus, which turns out there's kind of two viruses because they mutate halfway through the film. And at the very start, he is trying to legally sell this monkey, which then bites him, and because he can't sell it, he releases it into the wild, which causes all manner of havoc. But the scene that has always stuck. The scene that always stuck with me from Outbreak is the scene in the cinema. The scene in the cinema just gives me the eebie-jeebies, and I think it's not a wonder why people don't want to go to cinema right now. Because we have, again, you're kind of like, guy gets what may be infected blood splattered in his face. 
And the other doctor's like, oh, you'll be fine. It's all good. We'll do a wee test. We'll just test you for AIDS and stuff. It's fine. And he's like, oh, what's the first thing he does? He goes to cinema, coughs and splutters all over everybody. And you just see all the little droplets. Yeah, the point of view shot flying in there and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, I come back to the fact, it is pure Hollywood cheese. But I I kind of have such a soft spot for it in the fact that when you watch it when you're slightly older, like, as I said, Amber, my problem with it is, like, we talk now, like, I mean, people are talking about with this um, viral outbreak, you know, we're, like, nearly a year or so away from a cure. We have, at the end of this film, they have to hunt this monkey down that has the antibodies that can act, that can counteract the effect of the virus. And he literally just, once he gets it, spoiler listeners, once he gets it, he literally goes to his wee lab and it's like, there, there it's done, lads. Just, 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 just get it, just get it pumped into the people and they'll be fine. And you're like, at oh, what yeah. point are you going to check? Is anyone going to check to see if this may be a kind of unofficial prequel to, you know, Planet of the Apes? And this is how we became, you know, subservient to our ape masters? I don't well, know. Well, I know. Yeah, you watch the end of the Planet of the Apes. And that's how, you know, it sort of ends and ends with, you know, the virus. And it shows you to think it's different, like, airplanes flying to different yep. destinations. With this I love spread, that sequence. Yeah. That's, that's actually... Thought- that's on my list of films, actually. Here, of um, oh, is it? Can, it's just just for that those final couple of minutes of Rise yeah. of the Planet of the Apes, because uh, I think there was a thing. Was it recently someone found out midway whilst on a plane flight that he had COVID nineteen? You're like, okay, silly bastard. Why did you not just wait? But hey, oh, kid, kids are kind of going on TikTok while they're getting infected these days, or they're getting tested these days. So you know, why am I not surprised? But Rise of the Planet Apes, I mean, that's a film I just love. And it's one of those... I've really thought about this over time. It's one of the great prequels in that it really does kind of take a story that you know makes that journey interesting. So we know that at some point Charlton Heston is going to come across the destroyed Statue of Liberty and go, damn you, you blew it up, damn you. But he makes... They manage to make that that, that journey interesting with the the three films i think there might be talk of a fourth one i'm not certain um but i love that final sequence where we have the pilot who's like i'm not feeling so good (coughs) i'm not i'm not quite well Uh, it's okay i'll i'll still go on my plane and then you know earth's fucked yeah moral of the story is earth's fucked don't 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 take chances if you're not well stay at home self-quarantine just throw yourself in a river or something i don't know just help everyone outside the water would be infected then if you threw themselves in the river. Right, mm. well, let me think. Efficient well, ways. <laughs> you've just brought me on, Therese, to another film neither of you mentioned that is on my list. That's one I rewatched last night. And genuinely, well, you know, it's probably my favourite film by this filmmaker, but Cabin Fever by, oh, yeah. by Eli oh. Roth, which I fucking love and... I will rewatch it with Amber as part of our kind of the first couple of days of let's watch viral movies. And eventually she was just like, no, I'm too freaked out. Can, can we just watch comedies now, please? Can we, can we just watch comedies and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, please? But I love Cabin Fever because it's, I don't know, I think it's a Mark Kermode point, so I'm not going to claim it. It is that closest, the closest I've seen any film replicate the magic of Evil Dead. Not in kind of nastiness, but that sense of, a group of teenagers going off to a cabin and soon gribbly nastiness kind of starts to kind of happen. And it also kind of plays into the current kind of this fear with the pandemic of who's infected and who's not, how you can kind of save yourself if it's, 
you know, cabin fever, okay, and one kind of way of saving yourself is by going into the woods with a lot of beer and hiding for 24 hours. But even that doesn't work. But have either of you seen Cabin Fever? Either of you is big fans of this? I know it was remade almost shot for shot a couple of years ago, but the, I'm looking at particularly the original. Yeah, I like the original. Um, it was It's on my list too, Cabin Fever. Um, only for one scene. And it. I remember watching this whenever... I was like a real like ten or eleven. I'm not too sure, um, but it's the same whenever the girl's in the bath and she's shaving uh, her legs. Uh, uh, that, yeah. that has literally that 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 you know, scene specifically has stuck with me. Do you know what though, Therese? I watched this from rewatching. I had remembered that being much more gruesome than what it was. And when I watched it again, it's like, oh, it's not that. Then you're, oh, oh, no, it it is. It's gross. But I I remember I wasn't 10 when I watched this. I would maybe be about 16, 17, because I know I got to see this in the cinema. I went to see it in the sadly soon-to-be-closing Dublin Road Cinema. And I remember just loving it. But that scene, there's that scene, and then there's another scene very early on with a bit of kind of, sexy sexiness is going on and it just went no no don't do that don't put your fingers there no gross and oh yeah 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 what i love about it it's not a kind of like for eli roth compared to where he went with the hostel stuff and other such kind of more recent stuff like with the is it knock knock the keanu reeves film and he knew he did the green inferno which i kind of liked just because it was so kind of stripped back rather than being outright nasty, but it had a real tonal problem. But um, I love Cabin Fever. It's just stripped back, bare bones. And, you know, there's that great sequence at the end with the kind of the shopkeeper who you think is the worst racist in the world, but actually he's not. He's, you know, he loves the black people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's oh, even yeah. just the bit with it, you know, when you see the what, like the sequence of the water just going through and coming from the cabin out and then coming from out into the cabin and the deer and just how one thing like that can affect so much like water you know water systems no matter where you get your water from they are obviously going to lead into the same place yeah um and it's just i'm sitting actually now with that shaving scene in my head and I, I kind of just wish it would go away um hello my lovely wife watched it and she's like why is she shaving her legs and she's like amber she's not well she just wants to feel a bit sexy about herself and she's like no why she, she's like a amber was just like pull apart a, her legs are shaved anyway but we why she's shaving it's like just because she can amber you know when you're feeling a bit crap do you not just i don't i don't really know what ladies do you could tell us you can let us into the kind of the the inner sanctum of the female psyche dress but you know she's feeling a bit down she's like i'll just yeah you know just have a do... wee bath yeah chill out i'm i'm sure she didn't intend to like take out take off several layers of her skin but no. um she just wanted a nice wee bubble bath yeah that was it but she got a lot more um i mean so people these days get like a derma planning, derma planning, which is basically just like removing layers of dead skin. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, that's taking it to the next level, Tris. It kind of was, but that you know she was maybe ahead of her game back in in two thousand and two. So, yeah, you never know. But here's the question for both of you, and I'll start with you, Joe. Say you're in that situation, 
you're in a cabin in the woods. One of your friends has now got this weird kind of skin disease. What do you do, Joe? Do you try to help them or do you just go straight in and like, get the fuck, lock him up in that wee room and they can't infect us? What do you do, Joe? Or do you go off and like your other guy and, you know, shoot squirrels? I just go off, like leave them to their own devices. Like, right, that that person's fucked. If you just want to hang about the fuck person, <laughs> I'm away on in back in the town here. Right, I see you after all the best. Yeah, simply so what, put, like so. What I've Joe's seen to my latest to know what yeah. to do. What Joe Santres is that if he's all out with us, we're fucked. You know, it's going to be Joe for himself. Basically, yeah. but I would, I would imagine. But you're Therese, already as good as dead. I'd imagine Trez, <laughs> you'd be all heart though. I'd imagine you'd stay and save us. Um. Nah. <laughs> I I think I would maybe base it on how long we've known each other and Thanks, you know Chris. like and yeah I don't know I mean I suppose Trez, you, can, Trez, you can just I say don't... you're going to leave us you just you just be honest just be, just be like Joe say you're leaving first thing are you leaving first thing in the morning or are you leaving straight away with Joe just to go straight back to the town I think I'll probably leave Joe Right, thanks. I'll... Hi, Jim. You omitted a very important detail. I'd go in the town to get you help. I wouldn't just leave you and just forget oh, about you altogether. No, oh, you should up. Oh no. Would you? Would, would you, Joe? Would you just be straight down and be like uh, down to the hospital and go, "Hey guys, um, there's a couple of people up in the cabin up there. They're uh, they're not well, and they're like just just letting you know, and then fuck off. So you're not like kind of going like we'll go to get help and come back. You're just like oh, they're up there somewhere. You know, it's like Black Mountain, kind of Cave Hill, somewhere in that kind of general direction. It might be the Sparrows, I'm not quite certain. You know, they're up there somewhere. I'd lead them close enough to where it's a nice shot, and then oh. just leave them there, because, you know, obviously, they're going to have the correct stuff, like hazmat suits and all that crack, because, like, your 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 flesh is literally melting off your skin. Right, so, so I, at, least, bones. At, at least I know where I stand now. That's... That's all I can say. Any so, else? Right, well, hang on. Whoa, whoa. What would I do then, right? If I stayed, what would I do if you just sit there and pat you in the head and going, you're all right, mate. And then as I pat you in the head, your scalp falls off. Well, what you could do, Joe, is just kind of like, you know, you, you wouldn't know at the stage that the water's bad. So you just kind of keep going, there, there, there you go, Jim. You're not well. <laughs> have, have a wee drink, son. Have a wee drink of water there, son. <laughs> you know, just it'll all be all right. You know, uh, Jess is going to get help. Or, so I'd know, actually... So it actually kills you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because, you know, that's that's what they're like, have another big swig there. So hang on. Do you know what? Therese, just you get in the bath there and there's a wee razor. Just, you know, you know, your legs are looking a bit hairy there, Therese. Give him a wee shave. Just go for it. Just go and have a, a self-care Sunday and get in the bath and yeah, lock me in there then. It's totally fine. That's all right. Oh, wow. So there's there's three films we've mentioned already, and I think I think those are a couple of films that are all on a few of our lists. I have a couple more here, but just kind of before that, what about you? What who else is going to throw out something now? Uh, I'm going to throw out Dawn of the Dead. Okay, which yeah, one? In, oh, the original, of course. Okay. Although I don't like, mind the remake, the Zack Snyder oh, yeah, remake. Yeah. Although no, it no, does no. have it does have that gross the birth of the zombie baby, which is just uh, blah, too yeah. for me. I don't think that's in the original. No, because uh, you talk about the actual panic and what things would be like. The opening of that film just perfectly sums it up with the two commentators shouting at each other over who knows best. 
and basically around the world around them the whole world's starting to fall apart and nobody knows what the hell's happening like you've got mm-hmm. uh you know whole buildings full of people where there's some infected some not and then you've got the hillbillies out in the country who are just treating us like a bit of fun shooting zombies but it just sort of sort of shows you know the sort of downfall of uh society in general you know you've got the two commentators on the tv station arguing with each other and then it goes from there to an apartment building where some people are infected some aren't but everyone's confused and then uh, there's like the hillbillies in the country that are making the most of it sort of shooting zombies as a bit of target practice uh but then it just moves with the main character to this idea of holding up in a mall till it all sort of blows over which on paper seems like a great idea you know yeah yeah you're at the mall there's everything there that you could ever possibly want all the clothes food whatever but you have the realization as well that's it's not so much as a place to escape it's more of a prison in and of itself yeah i mean it's a film i haven't watched for a while i've i've actually rewatched the the Zack Snyder one more recently than i have the Romero version i mean i i love you know all of those Romero dead films you know they're they're amazing and i mean they're right on the zeitgeist of kind of the fears of you know, American culture and this, that and the other and kind of the, the capitalist there's there's so many nods there to kind of the kind of subtle even subtle hints to like the downfall of capitalism and the the pitfalls of capitalism, which we're kinda of seeing at the minute with the kind of all the panic buying that's kinda of going on. But uh, they are they are great, great films. Tres, have you seen the Dawn of the Dead films? I've seen the original. Um I haven't seen the remake, but I mean it this was like years and years ago um i think it was on you know like the horror channel on sky Mm -hmm. but i mean films like that um as you've said the you know the themes and the tropes in them have been repeated so many times um that you know like even Shaun of the dead Mm -hmm. takes out so much of its reference um but yeah i know like it's funny with everything going on and people stockpiling and this will carry on. Um, and even, you know, you see it in Contagion too, that people think, you know, shopping centres and supermarkets are, are going to be safe havens, but um, we don't really know how things are going to go. And you don't mean to be feeding into the panic, but and I know Tesco's and our local supermarkets, I don't know if you guys seen, but they released a statement it was either today or yesterday, um, you know, saying that they're, you know, they're going to keep filling up um, their stock and for people to stop stockpiling. But, you know, the, the, the skeptic in me is kind of like, well, how, how long is that going to last? I mean, I hope it doesn't get to the point where we all start looting and, you know, overthrowing shopping centres. But, um. You know, Romero's obviously the king of, of zombie films. So um, hopefully at this point, coronavirus doesn't turn anybody into zombies. Um, if that happens, then I'm out. Like, that, I'm, I'm gone. Cheerio. Oh, hang on. Therese, let me stop you there. Because I noticed before we started recording, there's actually a film in post-production at the minute called Corona Zombies. So somebody has already made a film about this. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Uh, the was it Full Moon Studios? They're like well known Jesus. for being maybe schlock. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's done. It's happening. There we go. Well, pro- it, it'll probably on the horror channel. I'm more than likely. Well, this is the thing, though. I mean, zombie movies in particular have always done that. They have always kind of reflected modern culture and things that are going on. Like I have not been, 
I've been surprised. That's what I say. I have been surprised that there hasn't been more films that have tapped into the refugee crisis. I mean, there was one or two with elements of it, but it never really kind of got into it. I mean, maybe just we're kind of a couple of years away from that. But I think, you know, when you look at Contagion, the likes of uh, a viral zombie outbreak, I guarantee, you know, in the next few years, you're going to see that back. You know, I know we're seeing plans for World War Z 2. Uh, I'm not sure. I know at one point David Fincher was attached. I'm not sure if that's still the case. I don't know if that's still going ahead. But, you know, Hollywood will sit and say, right, well, what's really hot right now? Virus, outbreaks. Let's get Outbreak 2, The Virus Takes Manhattan. Let's let's get that done. Friends had a good idea. That's what they'll do. That's my best kind of movie producer voice. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully not Harvey Weinstein or Conti McQuantface, as I should call him. But it's weird. I mean, I think I'm not surprised. Well, okay, I'm a bit surprised that now, as we speak now, that that film has entered into... Did you say post or pre-production, Joe? Oh, it's in post already. That's all right. You know, was, it's only been about, what, a couple of months and somebody's already written a script, shot the film and is just doing the last touches to it. I'm going to predict this. And listeners, you can quote me on this. It's going to be a load of shite. Big mm-hmm. time. Yeah, it's going to be a load. Of, it's going to be like Ghost Shark, all that kind of nonsense. Sand Shark, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, all that Ghost shite. Ghost Shark. Sharknado. Yeah. Shark the yeah. Yeah. Tar- Tara Reid is probably involved somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Someone, some eighties singer will probably be somewhere, and she'll be one of the first to kind of go uh, as the you know COVID nineteen virus mutates humanity into zombie like creatures. I I don't know, but uh, there's a few other ones. I don't know if you've seen. I'm I'm gonna go with the Charlton Heston version, but I know it's been remade a couple of times more recently with Will Smith's I Am Legend, but the Omega Man by back in nineteen seventy one. Just with Charlton Heston and a shotgun, you know, taking on the mutants after uh, a viral kind of apocalypse. It's a film I love. I do think the I Am Legend one is slightly closer-ish to the the source material. But uh, I would also recommend the, I think it's, oh, I think it's, it's either Vincent Price or Christopher Lee. It might be Christopher, no, it's Vincent Price. I think that was made, was it The Last Man on Earth? Oh, that yeah. idea. And the yeah. Simpsons, I think, parodied it, parodied it with a bit with the the Omega Man, uh, in their kind of episode where Homer's kind of is the last man on Earth. But I would I would recommend giving that. But I mean, I've I quite like I Am Legend. I think it's a great film, up until the the terrible CGI villain, the CGI zombie ish creatures appear. It's great when it's just Will Smith on his own. The first off, the first half of I Am Legend is perfection. Genuinely, mm-hmm. I, re- I really love it. Like, there's stuff like where he's going to the video store and he's all the cardboard cutouts and he's kind of, like, talking to them as if they're, you know, day-to-day when he's going through New York Times Square. And, you know, we've seen it there all those years ago. We've seen the Batman versus Superman sign signage there. They got the year right, everything. And then we kind of see his, at night when he's kind of trying to survive, you know, f- for everything. It's when you actually see... The terrible CGI zombie-ish kind of abominations, whatever you want to call them. That's when the film kind of falls down for me. I like all three. I'd probably say of the three, Omega Man's probably my favourite, but it's probably the most dated. Last Man on Earth is something I would recommend watching as well. 
I Am Legend was another one on my list. I actually haven't seen the two of the other films and, and didn't realise that there was kind of more source material. Um, so that would be something that I could probably look into. I definitely agree that the first half of the film where you hear the zombies but don't see them and, you know, you kind of feel Will Smith's isolation and his loneliness. Um, and then whenever the zombies come out, they just look like naked Voldemort running about. Um, and it, it kind of ruins it and then I mean his wee dog where is that scene with the dog which is quite sad um, but it's yeah it, Marley. oh it just breaks my heart That's, um, that was a tough scene for me uh, uh, and then isn't there the scene even isn't there the scene where he's because you're never there's, there's just parts when you start to think about I Am Legend you're not certain is it these weird zombies kind of creations that are messing with them or is it other people because isn't there a scene with a trap and he's kind of like one of the mannequins or one of the stand cardboard cutouts is on the street and he goes over to check it and it kind of pulls him up into the air and he has to mm-hmm. cut himself down it just and i think with i am legend i think there was an, there's an alternative version an alternative ending I alternative think. ending yeah, yeah. Because, you know, spoiler listeners, you know, I think in the end he, he sacrifices himself, I'm right, for the their greater good. Uh, I can't quite, I'm not quite sure no, how the alternative ending works. There's like no, the, a the, mother a mother and son or something that he actually ends up finding. Yeah. Um, And the son's quite young and, uh, yeah, I think he ends up sacrificing himself to save them. I think it's in line with the book, the actual yeah. ending. Where the thing is, he's the monster the whole time, Will Smith, and he's been killing these yeah. creatures and experimenting them when they're not the monster the whole time. They're just people trying to live their lives. But obviously, the film doesn't get that idea across throughout it. So that oh yeah, version, because doesn't yeah. isn't he he's experimenting on one of the main character, one of the main kind of zombie things, naked Voldemort's. If we go with Therese's definition, yeah. his wife or something like that. It's been a while since I've seen it. And yeah. I think that's what the alternative is. He gives her back. Oh, that's it. The, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's in line with the the book. You know, the whole reason yeah. it's called "I Am Legend." He is legend, the the monster as such mm. to these things. That's why, like, any time, like, I've seen two out of the three versions you were talking about. But yeah. for me, nothing ever tops the book. The book's one of my favorite books of all time. Like, the book's great. I have to say. I mean, I've got an audiobook back when I started listening to audiobooks, and the just the narrator there, I'm not quite sure who it is, um, does a great job because, again, I come back to the point, I'm a la- I have a, I have a weak eye, so I'm a lazy reader, so audiobooks are better for me. And it was great, and I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that little kind of, that twist in the end. And, uh, it's, I mean, it is, as you say, Joe, it is a great book to read, definitely. I would definitely recommend it. Um, just another one that's on my list, and it's going to be interesting to see what you guys think of it. I think Joe will have seen this. I don't know about you, Therese, okay, I could be wrong. I reckon Joe will have seen this and liked it, but uh, It Comes at Night, which is a film I love with Joel Edgerton. I don't think he directed. I'm not quite certain offhand who the directors are, although I think they did Waves, so I think it's a directal duo. But from a couple of years ago, a film that in the eyes of quite a lot of viewers was missold by the marketing men who sold it as a monster movie, as a straightforward horror film, or even as a you know home invasion movie. When it wasn't, it's a film that's about paranoia and how when we are riddled with paranoia when we're trying to self kind of isolate and trying to survive 
how those feelings of paranoia, how they creep in, how they can be corruptive and they how they can twist the truth and our perception of reality. It's such a clever film. If you're looking for monsters, it's there's none. I, I it's it's not that type of film, but if you watch the trailer, it will very much sell you that it is that film. And we know everyone knows the mantra here at Banterflix, you know, trailer men, marketing men will sell their soul to get you to buy a ticket. But if either of you, Joe Trez, if either of you seen it comes at night? You're right that I have not seen it. I actually thought it was <laughs> a totally different film whenever you first said it. Um Do you know the horror film about the girl that um some monster follows her after she has sex or something like that. I can't remember the name of oh, it. It follows. It, it follows, yes. Ah, so, there we go. Whenever you said that, I was like, oh, I don't remember that being about zombies and, and viruses. But um, no, I haven't seen it. And I'm sure, Joe, you probably have. Yeah, yeah, I have seen Comes at Night. Uh, yeah, like yourself, Jim, I didn't know. Uh, no, I was sold one thing that I was supposed mm. to be seeing, like you said family trapped in the house and there's something outside trying to get in whereas it's the other way about it's elements within the family and their paranoia who that sort of spirals out of control and uh, everything just collapses and unfolds and it's just very nihilistic and just the film we need right now in the world yeah you know it's an upbeat kind of film that we all need to sit down and rewatch. i can't bring myself to i, I want to rewatch it myself with everything going on, but I know it will not be my lovely wife's cup of tea. I just know it won't. Um, but there's stuff in that that has stayed with me. Like there's stuff even just really early on where it's just so grim in the fact that there's an elderly family member is is sick. And he's I can't remember because it's been a while. He's either passed away or I think they have to put him out of his misery. And they just do it with this ruthlessness. And it's just like this little grave. And then they just have to kind of go on with life. And, you know, it's it's not even 100% certain if they are a, a family unit that existed. Or if they're just kind of, if it's a kind of relationship of convenience. That he was there and came to the house and they were on their own. It's just, but it's just such a brilliant film about how we can get kind of, taken in by our own sense of paranoia because when you there is an incident where another family shows up and then are they telling the truth are they kind of being completely honest in what they know and what they don't know i know mark kermode at the time talked about it being very much a film about trumpism and fake news i think that's that's there's a truth to that and there's an element to that but i think if you watch it now particularly in the idea of kind of if we go down this self-isolation and if things were to go much grimmer, there's there's an honest truth about it comes at night. And as I say, there's there's moments in it have just stayed with me that are mostly kind of nightmares or dream sequences. It, it's, I come back to, do not watch it expecting Dawn of the Dead or A Quiet Place or It Follows. It's not like that. It's a film that's I keep coming back to is all about you know the monster that comes at night is our own thoughts and when we're alone with our thoughts and how we're allowed to kind of mull over things over complicate things think about what are truths and what are not and what do we have to do to do to make our for our own family to survive above anybody else it's 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 fucking brilliant and 
Waves, which I watched a couple of months ago, maybe slightly longer, at the London Film Festival, is is great. It's not kind of that type of film at all, so there's no point bringing it into a viral movie kind of podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would recommend. I, I apologize, I can't remember the name of the directors off the top of my head without kind of googling it frantically, and I'm not going to do that. Um, anything else, guys? You want to throw out? Um, we've been talking for a wee bit, so I might change tack here. Um, but just any last movies you want to throw out before we start to wrap things up? I was just going to throw out their 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh. It's mm-hmm. a cute sort of quarantine film, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing I love about it is just the fact that the whole time, for well, for like two-thirds of it, you don't know who to actually believe. Like, do you think mm-hmm. that Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character is right to, you know, get away from this creep that is John Goodman's character? Or is John Goodman as mad and as creepy as he is right the whole time? It's that whole sort of play between the two of them and that sort of who's right who's wrong here that i yeah. just absolutely love about it yeah it's such a good film it was that i think it was the first installment in that kind of expanded cloverfield universe it was a lot better than you know the cloverfield paradox whatever the bucket was called oh. which was just a load of <laughs> shite but the super bowl um, treat yeah the super bowl treat we all knew we didn't want and yeah, Ten Cloverfield, Ten Cloverfield Lane is great because there's, there's parts of it are just amazing because it's for I think very all very early on in the film it's a it's a three hander, and then John Goodman does some horrible nasty things that have to be done unfortunately, and but there's great scenes where they're just kind of listening to jukeboxes and playing board games and doing kind of Monopoly and stuff like that and watching old repeats and you're like yeah. When we self when we self isolate, I don't want to be stuck with John Goodman. But maybe, as you say, Joe, maybe he's right. Maybe he's what we need. Maybe this is what we need right now. We need a John Goodman type, just to kind of individually take us away and kind of hold us hold us captive. He kind of just reminds me of what Boris Johnson's doing right now. Not that I want to go down the political route, but it's like, ah, well, just worry about yourself and you'll be all right. Mm. Yeah. But we'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not go pol. Let's not go yeah. political, Joe. Okay. That's people can listen to kind of more serious podcasts than us if they <laughs> want their political. If listeners, if you're coming to Banderflex for your political fix, you're in the wrong fucking place, right? Definitely. Go, go on, Trez. Get political for a second. Dying with the Tories. There we go. That's listeners. There's the the cutting edge political kind of discussion <laughs> we're having here. Trez, you know anything else there on your list, or have you seen Ten Cloverfield Lane, or anything else you want to kind of um, bring things bring things to our attention? Yeah, I mean I've seen Ten Cloverfield Lane. The last one I was kind of going to throw out there was Twenty Eight Days Later and on Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Um, Twenty Eight Days Later, uh, I had it was one of the films I had to study. Um. At uni, um, we didn't do a viral pandemic module, um, but it was just, you know, great, say, British horror films. And um, I rewatched it there again recently, um, just because I have the DVD and thought, why not? And although, again, it comes back to it is a viral pandemic, um, you know, people affected become zombie-ish but they obviously never really refer to them as zombies they're not zombies Therese they're infected um, they can run really they're fast not they're not zombies they're, they're not zombies Therese. Mad. yeah um but yeah I mean the specifically the scenes with the army and things like that um we don't know how things are gonna go 
with you know the next few weeks and not only in in Ireland but I suppose everywhere um you know are we going to have to start getting the army in is there going to be you know proper border quarantines in place like you know we're going to have to get that hey Joe Joe it sounds like tra- Joe it sounds like Trez is getting political again oh uh, yeah big time she's yeah. getting over box Lock her back in her wee box. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. If people want to listen As to that, they, they can said, listen to Brexit cast. The, the, va- the virus. Down with the Tories, Therese. Down with the Tories. Doesn't stop at the border. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just saw, you know, viral pandemic, and I suppose because it's set in the UK, um, it's another another good film to mention, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I love both. But weirdly, the more I re rewatch them, the more I love 28 Weeks later, more than 28 Days. 28 Days is great. I mean, we have those scenes that Danny Boyle shot, like I think at stupid o'clock in the morning in London with Killian Murphy walking around the streets and it's deserted. And those feel really relevant now with what's going on. But the 28 Weeks later just resonates more in kind of the, the efforts that the people will go to try and control something. And how they will, how that, what probably at one sense seemed like the abnormal, very quickly goes to feel like the normal until we then get, you know, Robert Carlyle's kind of infected, infected, kind of non zombie like kind of gribbly run around the place, causing all manner of shite to go wrong. Uh, It just kind of shows you how quickly kind of things can go when you think you have something completely under control, you, how, how quickly it can go completely tits up by the better use of a technical mm-hmm. phrase. Uh, I don't know, but you try, I mean, I, you, you've watched both, you've studied 28 weeks later for, for class. I know in the past that has meant you genuinely didn't like that film. <laughs> I think was it, was it Blade Runner? I think you had to study as well. Yeah. yeah. And you genuinely don't <laughs> like that film then. So I mean, mm. are you, are you still a fan of 28 weeks later or do you just associate it with class and pain? Um, I associate it with class, but I do like it. Um, you know, it's like the, the those scenes walking through, um, days I suppose with Kelly and Murphy specifically, um, like that that was such on a big scale. You know, you're sitting watching it and you're seeing places that you recognise. You know, Tower Bridge, Big Ben, and it, it like this guy's basically just woken up in hospital like he has absolutely no idea what's going on and I think that kind of you know not describes but is the best way to to set off like a pandemic kind of film you know start off with the complete unknown you know a single person isolation and then slowly slowly ramp things up I do like both. And as I said, I didn't think that we could not talk about them when we're talking about viral films. So, yeah. I The, the only other film I would add, and just because you've mentioned it already, Trez, very briefly, I just have this down just to kind of finish, before we wrap things up, just to finish on an upbeat note, I just thought Shaun of the Dead, just for, you know, yeah. let's go get a pint, let's go to the Winchester, have a pint, and we'll all be all right. And, you know, it's not kind of, I know Shaun of the Dead isn't essentially, you know, viral movie quarantine. We could, you know, go for Wreck. We could go for the terrible American remake called Quarantine. And I think there's Quarantine 2, which is set on a plane. You could bring in Train to Puscan, all that kind of stuff. But no, let's go for Shaun of the Dead. 
and it'll all be all right. We can just go to the Winchester, have a pint, it'll all be all right. But how was how was everything all right? Most of them died. It's all right, though. These were acceptable loss. You know, this was kind of the whole kind of herd mentality, Joe. This is what we're kind oh, of... Yes. Uh, herd, no, sorry, herd immunity. That's what it was. That's Sean had just thought of that. Those were acceptable losses. He was prepared to lose Dylan Moran, although he was a bit of a dick. Uh, he deserved uh, it. Uh, he deserved it. He he seen it coming. Sean's mum that hurt, and mm. you know, it's those are things. But you know, Sean had did. But anyway, right. Look, we've talked a lot there. We've talked for about an hour about our favourite kind of viral kind of quarantine. We've threw in a little bit of zombies there, just in case by the time this podcast is released that zombies are out there. But I'm just going to ask you, and I'll start with you, Joe, what are the valuable life lessons you've learnt from watching movies like this? Well, from the ones that I watch, mostly horror, it's don't trust anyone. Mm. And uh, look out for number one. I try and be a compassionate person, but it's the compassionate people that always die in the end. So then, you know, but your, your lovely girlfriend, Catherine, is a very compassionate person. I wish it would rub off on me more. <laughs> you just need to kind of give her lessons to be, be more like Joe. Exactly. I need yeah. to introduce her to these films and then, you know, it's going around to my way of thinking. Yeah, that's all right. Okay. Those are, that's, you know, good to see you're a team player in this kind of uh, time of uncertainty. We can rely on Joe. What about you, Trez? What have you learnt? Um, stockpile often and very soon. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, don't wait until there's videos on Facebook of people fighting in Tesco's. Like, you know, once you get a whiff of anything, just go in and and buy 20 toilet rolls because you just, you don't know what's going to happen. They could also be used. And the thing is, right, this might be going off tangent a wee bit, but with everything going on, I've been just looking at downloading some books and looking at what crafts and stuff you could do. For all we know, the people who are like bulk band toilet roll could could be just making crafts. Like they could be doing a lot like paper mache mm. or, you know, you can use toilet roll to do like special effects makeup. You know, they mm-hmm. could be. You can dress up like a mummy. There you go. And don't shave your legs if you feel really sick. Mm. Um yeah, if you're if you're stockpiling on pasta, also stockpiling sauce. That's another thing that I'm very confused at. Like, there's no pasta, but there's so much bolognese. So I don't get what um what people are using for a sauce. Just tomatoes, dress. Just tomatoes. They're just getting the tomatoes themselves. Passata. You couldn't get a bottle of passata at Sainsbury's for love or money the other day. Oh my god! High middle class. I know. Literal first world problems here. Do you know what I wondered? Um, I just wondered, was it like the extra special in all the various shops? Was it all that went first? And then they're like, fuck it. Because I think someone said there was like no whole whole meal kind of pasta was left or whole wheat pasta, whatever it is, was left. And like people were like, nah, fuck it. Don't want that shake. None of that. <laughs> That's still there. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I could offer people some advice, you know, in this trying times i'm kind of tempted to go back to sean of the dead and say don't worry it'll all be all right but as joe has said that plan failed i'll just say like if you can find that monkey find it you know the monkey has all the kind of answers and it is all the kind of antibodies that we need to survive this outbreak so if you can see that little monkey i don't mean like if you're watching friends and you go oh there's the monkey from outbreak there he is there no if you see it in real life you know find it grab him 
you know, okay, you might have to make the sacrifice yourself. You might get scrapped or you're going to die. But, you know, just just put them under a box and just before you die, phone, phone Dustin Hoffman and say, look, can you and Christopher Plummer come around and, and get this? Uh, don't bring Cuba Goodley Jr. You know, no, none of that. I'm trying to think about anything else. Don't go to, we mentioned this earlier on, don't go to the mall because it seems like a good idea, but it's probably not. Um, if you're going for it comes at night, kind of don't sit and sit overthink everything. It'll all be all right. Don't sit and think about, you know, how, don't be like a Joe and go, I have to think about number one. How can I help, you know, at least one person, Joe? At least oh, one person. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm thinking, right, from the point of view, I'm up in Belfast here and so is Catherine. So that's it. Okay. I love the way, Joe, you're like, right, there's me, there's Catherine. So your own siblings. Your parents are like, oh, they're, I was going to say, yeah. They're in the countryside. They'll be fine. The countryside's fine. Mine aren't. Well, well, do, well let's be honest, Riz. Yours fucking went down to a wedding when they shouldn't have went to it. I, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that, and by the sounds of it, Therese, I think your parents are the one that are the reason why all the shortage in the alcohol sanitizer. If you're saying your your dad brought down and was giving out free squirts to everyone, there, have a wee squirt yeah. there. You that know, sounds there you go. No, it doesn't. No, not in these <laughs> trying times. Have, have a wee squirt of the sanitizer there. Congratulations on your wedding day. Don't kiss the bride just yet there. Give her wee lips and wee rub down with alcohol rub. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's... Here we go. That's all right. I've got ten more packs in the back there. Actually, that's what I got you for a wedding gift. A hundred crates. On that note, actually, because I've been up and down from the Dublin Film Festival, so <laughs> if I have a cough, I'm fucked. But when I was going down, I was down, you know, on a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, and a Friday night. And rather than getting public transport, because, you know, I'm so middle class, I drove up and down. And I stopped at the Apple Green there. Um, it was the one the further side, closer to Dublin. On the first night, and I just happened to see, oh, there's like a couple of little mini bottles of hand sanitizer. Like, I mean crates as high, as almost as high as me, up to my kind of chest. And the pallets were clearly just working as they were taking them away as they were going. And I went, oh, I'll get one for me and I'll get one for Amber. And, yeah, got them. They were like only three euros each, which wasn't too bad. And I went back the next day because the Apple Greens is handy. You can have a little comfort break. You can have a nice little coffee. And they do really nice sausage rolls, which is kind of nice if you're just driving. And those entire crates were gone in the space of 24 hours. And this was before, like, really proper kind of panic station. This was this was almost two weeks ago. The viral, it hadn't really, there'd been a handful of cases here, a handful of cases down south. But it kind of just shows you how quickly people were panic buying. Clearly, Therese's. Yeah. Parents were dying. Get get that get that other stuff there as well on the way to the wedding. You know, don't know how much we're leading the way back. Here, do you know what? See, whenever the rays are ruling the world because we're probably the only people left, you'll all be laughing because I'll still yeah. have enough hand sanitizer. I may be extremely lonely, but I'll have books and hand sanitizer to do me until I eventually die. If you're da, stop piling it. <laughs> Everyone else is going to infect you. Yeah. I would just imagine, Therese, that you'll be sitting in a bath. That's how decadent and rich you'll be. I'm going to have a hand sanitizer bath. Just, just empty it in. And then you'll be shaving your legs going, I'm all right. I'm all right now. It's all right. None of that bubble bath nonsense for me. Just sh- have a bath and hand sanitizer. <sighs> we don't know why everyone... I've just started doing that recently. Anytime I'm doing an impression of something, I always have to have a wee smoke. <sighs> I actually yeah. picture Therese like Frank and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where he just soaks himself in hand sanitizer and shaves every hair of his body. <laughs> just crawling like a slug and just 
turns around, tells her family, I just want to be pure. <laughs> Not so much Therese, but that's Therese's dad, the signs of it at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have to yeah. be careful, guys. You have to be careful. That Vigilant is true. Times. That is true. So, look, on that note, I think we'll bring this recording to an end. This is the first little experiment as we try podcast purely by Skype over the next couple of weeks, possibly months. We're not quite certain. But anyway, we'll bring this pod to a close. So all that's left for me to do now is thank you very much, Joe. Thanks, Jim. Thank you very much to Therese. Wash your hands. Thank you. Yeah, well, I would wash my hands, Therese, but, you know, I have no hand sanitizer because uh, oh, wow, the, wow. the the Ray, the Ray family is kind of going to become the drug cartel of <laughs> kind of North Belfast on kind of there's a run on it. Pablo uh, Ray. Yeah, Pablo Ray. That's your ring to it. Yeah, grade, grade A hand sanitizer. It'll, it's all going to go a bit like Scarface. Snorting the hand sanitizer and it'll all go downhill, Therese. So we'll be back hopefully next week with another podcast. But for now, until then, stay safe and keep washing your fucking hands. Thank <laughs> you.